Welcome to the Pineapple Couch with B-Rob. Very special show today. We're back. It's good to be back. We're going to be pumping out pods a little more frequently now. Um, I'm joined for the first time in a long time by a very good man, a man you love. It's Alex Kanner. Alex Kanner, how you doing? I'm doing really, really well. It's good to be back. It feels like it's been just far too long. Far too long, but the NBA season is heating up. I am healthy. You are healthy. You're a half marathoner now. We can maybe get that to that later. Um, but basketball season's heating up, so we're going to be doing this a lot more frequently. Um, and we're also with the new setup. We can like we're going to have some Instagram clips and videos of this. So make sure you follow us on Instagram at the Pineapple Couch. Um, all right, let's just get into it. Um, we're going to start with some headlines and then just go right into the NBA. And then we have a TV movie character draft for you guys at the end, which may sound weird right now, but we'll explain it and we'll figure it out because I don't even think we understand it fully yet. Um, and we'll talk about that later. But first, the Super Bowl happened. No one really cares anymore. But I want to talk about one thing. So the 49ers blow a 20 to 10 lead. Jimmy G does not look great in that game. Doesn't see Kittle a lot of the times. I have been seeing, which really surprised me, and I just want to ask you this question. Not, I'm not surprised because I don't think, like, Jimmy G didn't blow me away in this playoffs at all. I'm, I'm realistic. But I've seen a lot of people saying, like, the 49ers should move on from Jimmy G, and I personally just think that's ridiculous. But, I mean, how do you feel about that? I think, I think those people are very wrong. Um, first of all, I don't think that there is a really good second option, so I don't really understand why we would move on and and secondly Jimmy's contract is so massive that you really would have to find a team that would want to take that on and I'm not saying there aren't a lot of teams with quarterback needs um but Jimmy does the job and when you have a defense that's that good and that young you just need a quarterback who can get the ball five seven eight yards in a west coast offense so I think that Jimmy is going to do just fine and I think people also need to realize that Currently, as it stands right now, Baker Mayfield still has more starts than Jimmy Garoppolo. So I think everyone needs to kind of chill out, let him get his legs under him. His first full season as an NFL quarterback, he gets to the Super Bowl. So take a chill pill, everybody, and and let him come back next year and, and win one. I couldn't agree more. What really stood out to me, and maybe this is because I'm a tortured Chargers fan, and uh, the big news today, I'll just say this right now, Philip Rivers is not returning to the Chargers. We're going to do a whole pod on that, so we'll save that for a little later. But um, as a Chargers fan, I just saw it as so ungrateful because he just made a fucking Super Bowl. And you're talking about getting rid of this guy? I've never been to a Super Bowl in my entire life. I would like, I said I would stop eating candy for the rest of my life if we got a decent coach who probably wouldn't even get us there. And they're talking about getting rid of a quarterback who just took them there. I know he didn't take them there. They obviously have the great defense, great running game. But I think he showed enough this year. And then a great point, just to add on to what you said, he he was hurt the year before. He's relative, like he's not young. Like I think he's, what, 27, 28, right? Yep. And, and um... Give him some time. Give him some time. Kyle Shanahan has a very complex offense. The year before, Matt Ryan had his giant MVP season in Atlanta. His stats were terrible because it took him so long to get into the motion of the Kyle Shanahan type offense. So maybe next year we see an angry Jimmy G who can come out. But I just think it's ridiculous um, to really think that the 49ers would get rid of him. But it's really all because every team right now is convincing themselves how they're going to get Tom Brady. Right? Yeah, that's what that's it's looking kind of, like. like everything. That's what it's looking like. Is uh, is your team going to make a run at it or what? Yeah, the Chargers apparently are 
going to go really hard after Tom Brady. Um, I don't think there's a chance in hell Tom Brady would go to the fucking Chargers. Uh, <laughs> I don't think there's a chance Tom Brady leaves the Patriots. I just, I, I would be, I would put it at 99% chance he's going back to the Patriots. I know I've seen some other people put it at like a little more even. I just would be stunned. What do you think about Tom Brady? Do you think he's going back? I, I, if I had to put my money on him going back, I would, I would, I would do that. Um, I think that the situation that he's in from top to bottom, I mean, they need to get him some better receivers, obviously some parts needs to be fixed on the team, but in terms of the organization, it just seems like everything is there for Tom Brady to succeed, but maybe, you know, you you've played that long in one place. Maybe you just want to change the scenery at the end of the day. Like, Yes, he wants to win Super Bowls. I get that, but you've got to, you know, empathize with the guy if he just wants to, to look at something different, show up in a different locker room, meet some different guys. Um, so here's my pitch. This is my official Tom Brady pitch. Cowboys, get rid of Dak Prescott, take Tom Brady on, and this does two things. One. I think it takes the Cowboys to the next level. And two, I hate the Cowboys and I don't really like Tom Brady. So if I can get them all together on one team, it makes my life a lot easier. There you go. I said it. I like that take a lot. Um, I do think that it's weird that that's not being talked about more because of who Tom Brady is and who the Cowboys are. And because, like, like you said, with the whole Dak situation... Who knows? They're talking about franchise tagging him, and then yesterday it comes out that they don't want to franchise tag him and they want to get a deal, but he's asking for, like, north of what Jared Goff got, which I'm not saying Jared Goff is better than Dak Prescott, but the Rams are fucked by Jared Goff's contract, and I know the Cowboys don't necessarily want to do that. So I think Brady to the Cowboys would be... I mean, I hate the Cowboys. That's the problem, but I'm not... I, I don't hate Brady. I, I kind of love him because I just think he's the fucking man. He's just the GOAT. Like, it's hard to, like... It's hard to root against that guy. And um, yeah, that's fair. Thing- that's fair. That's fair. Okay, that's okay. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Uh, but man, I hate the Cowboys. I hate the Cowboys. Yeah. How can I get? What, what does it take to get Tom Brady in Philadelphia? That's something I like to see. Let's see Tom Brady in Miami. Let's let's say let's call it a same division. Get him some sunshine. Miami Brady would be awesome. That would be a different I, version of Brady. He'd be tan. That would be really cool. He'd be <laughs> TB12 diet. Uh, Gronk would resign if he went to the Dolphins. He would go to the Dolphins too because Gronk wouldn't be able to resist. Um, oh, last thing I wanted to say before we go on to some basketball was that ne- so next year, like I'm obviously a Chargers fan, but you bet your ass I'm getting a Philip Rivers jersey of whatever team he fucking goes to and rooting my ass off for them. So whether it's the Buccaneers, the Titans, or the Bears, wherever it may be, Phil, we know you got a little still left in the tank, and I'll be with you on that last trip you have to go get that Lombardi trophy, baby. Alex, we don't need any comment from you. I see you shaking your head. We're going to move on to basketball. We love you, Phil. Um, I guess basketball, I wanted to, on a a really sad note, we got to talk about Kobe. And this was the most stunning news of my entire life. And I, when, I, when it happened, I, I thought that. And I was like, ah, maybe I'm rushing to conclusions. And I, then I, I realized this was the most shocking news story event. Because like 9-11, which I was five, so I don't really like remember it quite as well. When I saw that headline on TMZ that Kobe Bryant passed away, 
that it just shook my world. I, I didn't want to believe it. And so like I click on the link and then the site goes down. So you're hoping that TMZ's wrong. You're hoping even though like you you don't want someone to be reporting something bad like that, but you just hope it's fake. And then you find out the more that there's nine people on the helicopter and that his daughter was on the helicopter and they were going to basketball practice. And that was one of the really, to go on a little tangent here, one of the really cool things about Kobe was he was such a killer during his career, but like this post-career Kobe, you just saw this, he was going at the same, he was going at being a dad with the same intensity as he did with the playing basketball but you just saw a much softer side to him. You saw how funny he was. And you saw how much he cared about his children. And for me, Kobe was the biggest athlete of my entire life. I, I loved Kobe. I, I still love Kobe, obviously. And it just it just is so sad. And I don't want to bring like the whole mood down, but I just want to, I guess I want to talk a little about just like some Kobe moments. You can share some as well that we remember because rather than harp on just the sadness of it all, I think it'd be better just more like just talk about why Kobe was so great. The thing that always stands out to me with Kobe, and I don't think many people bring this up, was like, so the, everyone, when you talk about Kobe, it's like, oh, the 81 point game, there's the 60 point game he got in his final game. One thing that really stood out to me, and I don't have the stats exactly right here, but uh, it was game seven, six or seven in the 2010 NBA Finals when they're playing the Celtics. After they, so they lost in 08 to the Celtics, in 09 they beat the Magic, right? And then they're playing in the rematch against that Celtics team. And Kobe just like, wasn't shooting the ball well. And he finished the game with like 17 rebounds. And that's against a Celtics team with Kevin Garnett, and they were there were some dogs on that team. They were a very ferocious team. And that was just the essence of Kobe. To me, is he would just do anything he could to win. And as a fan, as, as just a fan of basketball, watching him, I've never seen a player like him. And I don't know if I ever will again. I mean, I can't, like, I've watched hours and hours of highlights of Michael Jordan. But it's just not the same of experiencing it in real time. And Kobe was, uh, we were just so lucky to watch a guy like that and, it's so weird, and I don't think it'll ever not be weird that Kobe Bryant isn't with us anymore because Kobe's I would have I would have said Kobe would outlive me and I'm twenty years younger than him. He just seems kind of immortal. He was like a god. And that's not even really like a stretch or like an exaggeration by me. Kobe Bryant was like that's what like this past like week or so has been like realizing is how huge Kobe was. And Kobe Bryant was just he was so special, and I just, I love Kobe, and I'm sad, and Alex, do you have anything to add to this? Um, no, I think you said it really well. Um, I think that in terms of a tragedy like that on that level, same as, as, as how you said it, I had never experienced anything like that. Um, I mean people close to me yes but nothing where you know I always hear my parents talk about even when Michael Jackson passed away we, we had a long discussion about this and, and how influential he was to them and their love of music and all these different items um, for me when Michael Jackson passed away I understood it but I guess it didn't really 
hit home for me as much. But when I learned of Kobe's passing, it just felt like that. You're right. When, when you said that he's immortal, it did feel that way. And it feels like he has, in this weird sense, has now been elevated like into the ether of greatness. You know, there are very few people like this that seem to get taken away at such a early stage in their and it's even weird to say that, but early age in their celebrity. I mean, yes, Kobe was so big, but he still had a lot more that we were going to so see. Um, but I think uh, two things. One is that in probably us doing this right now, we in some subconscious way are doing this because of Kobe Bryant, right? Like we in in the early 100%. 2000s, even though, you know, I am not a Lakers fan and for my entire life as a basketball fan had always hated the Lakers. Um, he is what made the NBA and the game of basketball seem so important and make it something that was okay to fall in love with um, and was okay to put all your time into. Um I think that's that's the first thing. The second thing that I that I remember is one I have only seen Kobe Bryant play once live in my in my life. I went and saw him in the 2014-15 season in Staples Center um, against the Kings. Boogie gets ejected, of course, and Kobe <laughs> Kobe has like 15 in the fourth to win, and I, I it was just an awesome experience. But one of the first memories I have of Kobe, it's funny, it's also against the Celtics, a little earlier, 2008 championship. I'm in Mexico with my family on a family vacation. And, you know, parents are at the pool, everyone's trying to relax. And I'm sitting in the bar with my uncle watching uh, the Celtics-Lakers game. And I can't help but think to myself, I, I all of my savings I would give to watch Kobe Bryant and the Lakers lose. But this is like the thing that's so special about Kobe is you could really hate him, but it's because you cared a lot, you know, and he just seemed to bring out emotions on every single level. And, you know, I could go on and on. But one of the things that I think has been really uplifting for me these past couple of days, and I've been talking a lot with Joey about this as well, is that he's the type of guy where if you ever think to yourself in any given situation, what would Kobe do? You could say that about a lot of people, but it feels like. In any given situation, you could pretty quickly come to the answer of what he would do. And in that way, he seems like he ha hasn't really gone anywhere. And um, I, I think that's an, an important note. And it's incredibly sad. And uh, it just it feels, feels very wrong. But, um, you know, he left us with a lot of really beautiful things. He did. And I really, um, I liked a lot of what you said. I liked everything what you said. But a couple of things I just wanted to retouch on. Um, that Mamba mentality thing about how it could just apply to anything in, in life. And when the Mamba mentality thing, like I see, I'm a Kobe fan. I like, I'm not a Laker fan, just a Kobe fan. I just, he, it was just like, to just quickly say like the reason like watching Kobe was so intoxicating is because you and I both understand this. And I'm sure all our listeners do if they're listening to this. We have a love of sports that's so deep in that sometimes it just feels like why the f like why do we care? Like you're just watching something on a TV. But when you see a guy like Kobe Bryant out there who gives so he gives everything he has to it and he cares so fucking much 
that is kind of like what sports are all about because then you, when you're watching it, you realize it's okay to be invested in this because you watch him and then you take that and you apply it to every single as- or aspect of your life. And I think another uh, a quote, I, this was actually my senior quote. I wanted to do another one, but my mom made me, one, made me do one more serious. But I actually like this quote. It's Mick Jagger said this. He said, anything that's worth doing is worth overdoing. And I think Kobe, that's the Mamba mentality. It's like, if you want something, you go fucking get it. And so in that essence, you're right. He never will be gone. And um, another thing that you said right in the beginning I really liked is like, how you kind of said like, we wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for Kobe. And yeah, there that's a hundred, there would, I would not be talking on a sports podcast right now, or even though that this is just, we just do this for fun and we're trying to grow it. I still would not be doing this if it weren't for Kobe because Kobe he he enters the league in 1996 right when right when we are born and so he's such an instrumental figure in our whole sports lives and just teaching us what to love about sports and so Kobe will always be with us because of that and I mean I just I don't know if this is true of you my entire life when I would play basketball in my backyard I was a magic I was Kobe Bryant I was shooting like Kobe whether or not like I was saying like I'm on the Lakers and being Kobe it was just in my head. Everything I tried to do was like how Kobe did it. And I think that's true for so many people, not only in California and in the United States, but around the world, maybe more than any athlete we've ever seen. So let's end it at that. Rest in peace, Kobe. We love you. Um, and obviously to all the other uh, victims of that tragedy, let's move on to some NBA and like Kobe would want us to, he'd want us to start talking about the NBA and he'd want that fire. So let's get into it. Um, let's talk about the all-star teams, a game, which to bring it again, back to Kobe, he was my favorite player ever to watch in the all-star game because he would just go after it. And he, to him, he, it's like, he always wanted to win because he never wanted to give up. It was just, that's just so rare that he just wanted to kill you at any chance he got. And so with no Kobe more in the All-Star games, I think that's another reason why everyone talks about how they suck. I think it's because Kobe's not there. But let's talk about the All-Star teams, um, and let's talk about snubs in the All-Star game. So the biggest snub, well, I'm going to talk about the snubs before we talk about the people who made it, because that's the seem, that's how society seems to work now, because um, we just like to complain instead of celebrate. But I'll run through this list really quick. We got Beal, Bradley Beal of the Wizards, who didn't make it, Devin Booker, Paul George, Jalen Brown, Carl Anthony Towns, Malcolm Brogdon, Kyrie Irving, and John Morant. Those were the big ones that stood out to me that didn't make it. I think Beal probably... Beal and... Ah, see, I just don't want to reward Booker because I just don't love him that much, but Beal, I really think, probably should have made the game. He's that good. Um, but those are the people who are the people are talking about snubs, and now let's go over who made the game. So everyone is on the same page. Giannis Antetokounmpo and LeBron James were the two captains, obviously. And so the fellow all-star starters, which these are voted in by the fans, you got Anthony Davis, Luka Doncic, Joel Embiid, James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, Pascal Siakam, Kemba Walker, and Trey Young. And we'll get to Trey Young later, but I, I really can't believe that. And then for your reserves, you got Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler out of Miami, Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell out of uh, Utah, Brandon Ingram, New Orleans, Nicole Jokic in Denver, Dame Lillard in Portland, Kyle Lowry out of Toronto, Chris Middleton in Milwaukee, Chris Paul out of OKC, Sabonis out of Indiana, Ben Simmons out of Philadelphia, Jason Tatum out of Boston, 
and Russell Westbrook out of Houston. Now that I've just talked for a while, Alex, what snub stuck out to you the most? Um, so for me, I, I think the Devin Booker one, um, I it, it did that one didn't bother me too much, and not because I don't like him um, as a player, but but it does it. It's tough because if if you're gonna choose a guy that seems to be just having maybe a low percentage or win share, yet is empty stats. Yeah, then I would rather have Devin Booker over Trey Young. Um, oh yeah, but but in terms of in terms of all around basketball players, um, I, I would go with Bradley Beal. I mean, he's averaging almost thirty points, six assists, five boards. Um, it just doesn't make sense how he's not in this game because All Stars best twenty four players in the world. Bradley Beal is one of the best twenty four players in the world. That is correct. You know, and and and, and when easy. you watch him play, I mean, he's a winner. He just had a game winner what two nights ago. I mean, the guy is is a, a legit basketball player that drives wins. And yes, and the Wizards are not necessarily getting a lot of wins, but I, that's not Bradley Beal's fault. But and to your point, so the Wizards aren't getting a lot of wins. And what is the NBA's problem been with? And not DC is not a small market, but they're not a huge team. And when you're in an area with not that many veteran or good players on your team, most players like Bradley Beal are requesting trades. You know what Bradley Beal is doing? Working his ass off, talking about getting his team into the playoffs. I think you should have rewarded him with that. And when you look at the East, I mean, I think there's a couple people that I would put in. I would put um, Bradley Beal over in because even though I love what Bam Adebayo is doing, and I have him highly ranked, and when we do a draft coming up. I still think Bradley Beal should probably be in it over him. And that goes to say the same thing probably about DeMontis Sabonis. And even Ben Simmons, for that matter, maybe. All right, before we do our draft for the uh, All-Star game, where you're going to take, you're going to be LeBron and have the first pick, and I'm going to be Giannis and have the second pick. Anything else about the snubs you want to add, like a guy like John Morant, Kyrie Irving? I mean, Kyrie should not have made it. He's just on the list that everyone has online. Guys like Malcolm Brogdon, Jalen Brown, did you think maybe they should have been considered over? Because, I mean, with DeMontis Sabonis, he's been doing great. I'm not trying to take anything away from him. But I think Jalen Brown, compared to DeMontis Sabonis, I think that's a, I think that's a conversation, don't you? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, but, but I don't know. I think there are times when you look at some of these teams that are making playoff pushes and you look at uh, like the Celtics, for example, and you say to yourself, why are the Celtics so good? You know, and it's because Kemba Walker is the guy. Right. Um, and and, J- and Jason Tatum, you know, and, and so just because of that, I think Jalen Brown then falls into that third position. Um, when you have a guy like Zabonis and you're thinking to yourself, man, looks like Indiana is making a legitimate push. This is prior to Oladipo even playing. Um, yeah. So when you look at stats plus driving wins, um, I, I would take Zabonis, I think. Okay, I agree with that. Um, I mean, let's stop beating around the bush. Let's get into our all-star draft. So we have to start with the starters, just like LeBron and Giannis did. You have the first pick because you are LeBron James, and I am Giannis. So with the first pick in the Pineapple Couch all-star draft, Alex Canner, who are you taking? We will be staying in Los Angeles for this pick, and I will be taking Kawhi Leonard. Ooh, 
Nice. Good pick. So you're going to start your team with LeBron and Kawhi. Yeah, I'm going to push. Not bad. I'm going to push Kawhi to the two. I'm going to push Kawhi to the two. Okay. And um, I am going to, so I have Giannis, and my first pick is going to be Luka Doncic. A little international flavor here on that team. So I got Luka and Giannis. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, you know, in the in the real life, I'm bummed that I didn't get to see Luca and Giannis on the same team. That that bums me. Oh, out. that would be just beautiful. Um, be just beautiful. All right, with my with my third pick, I will be taking well, staying in LA again. Anthony Davis. Let's go. You got you got yourself a damn good team so far. Yeah, thank you. All right. Okay. Um. Well. See, this is where it gets tough with the All-Star draft. I'm going to, like, speak out my thinking because this is an All-Star game we have to keep in mind. So a guy like James Harden, he's not very fun for an All-Star game. So I don't know if I really want him on my team. So with that in mind, I'm going to just keep the international flavor going. Oh, no. Pascal Siakam? Yep. Join yep. the fucking squad. Okay. All right. Okay, now I'm feeling I'm feeling like I need a guy who can handle the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, do I want a point guard? I don't know. It's an all-star game. Maybe I don't even need a point guard. Yeah, I mean, you got LeBron. Um, yeah, so here's what I'm going to do, actually. I'm going to switch things up. So LeBron is now going to play my one. Okay. So Kawhi will then slide into the two. Or no no we're gonna we're gonna take Kawhi he's gonna play small forward that puts AD okay. at four five depending on what I do after this pick and I will mm. uh, I'll take James Harden okay James Harden off the board ooh now see this is where it gets interesting folks because Alex he's gonna have a deadly combination no matter what I do here but my thought process here. It is an all-star game. And you know who's a guy that everybody loves? Who would be great to play pickup basketball with when you're looking on this list? Kemba Walker would. So we're going to add Kemba Walker to the squad. Oh, that's not too shabby. That's not too bad. Okay, so what do we got left? So Joel? You got Embiid and Trey Young left. (laughs) Uh, It's really funny how we've come to this, Brian. (laughs) Um, This seems to just just... go. I, I, I couldn't be happier by how this has ended. Um, and as much, Brian, I literally am getting the worst player in the game as much as, a, as like, I, <laughs> I truly think that as much as I want Trey to put up 40, I, I, I honestly want to win this charity see, money. He has to be down by 30 to score. <laughs> so true, true. So this might do really well for your team, actually, because I think you will be down yeah. by 30 oh, in the first bullshit. and I will be taking Joel Embiid. I mean, come on. LeBron, uh, see, Kawhi, Anthony Walker Davis, Young, James Young, or James Harden, and Joel Embiid. See Thank where you. I should have taken Embiid. Damn, that was dumb. All right, I'll, I'll see. I will make up for this in the okay. bench. All right. So to go, I'm gonna go through my lineup for you right now and break it down how it would look. So at the one, <clears throat> I have uh, Kemba Walker. At the two, as like a. Just a shooting guard who I'm running around screens. I got Trey Young. He, keep in mind, is a starter, but will be subbed out of the game very quickly. <laughs> um, my three is Luka Doncic. My four is Giannis. And, or my four is Pascal. My five is Giannis. I think that's <clears throat> that's going to be fun. But um, 
Okay, now we're going to go reserves. I'm going to start because you started last time. And of the reserves, we got a lot of good options. Um, but what sticks out to me here is I kind of have a lot of – I because the two best players – I'm curious to hear what you think of this. I have the two best players ranked in the reserves as Jimmy Butler and Damian Lillard. Yeah, I have the same thing. And I already have Trey Young and Kemba Walker, so I don't really have a need for Damian Lillard, even though he's better than both of them. I'll take Jimmy Butler. A dog. A dog. See, and he, he'll take it seriously in the All-Star game. I mean, even what he did sit out that All-Star game, so that might be a bad pick by me because he just didn't want to play. You remember when he just sat on the bench and he was, like, hungover or something and just didn't play in the All-Star yep. game? Yep, You want to something fun about about uh, Jimmy Butler. I feel like you can't say this about a lot of players. A guy you do you definitely don't want to play against. And I mean that with the utmost oh, respect. Yeah. I would just not want to play yeah. against him. He's huge. He's physical. He's so annoying. He talked trash to me. But also a guy I don't want to play with. <laughs> so so, so like, what happens? Just want him around. He might just yell at me all throughout the day at practice. And I'm thinking to myself, Jimmy, man. Maybe I'm maybe I'm like Andrew Wiggins. I don't know. Okay. Anyways, I'm gonna take Damian Lillard because okay. I'm from the I'm living Good in the pick. Bay Area now. He's from the Bay Area. I have his shoes, and man, he should have been a starter. But neither here nor there. Yep, that is tough. Um, all right, I am going to t- follow. It's tough. I got a couple people here I'm considering, but I'm gonna go with the Joker, Nikola Jokic. I like that. I like that. I like that a lot. I think he's fun for the All-Star game. I think you could see him throwing a bunch of sweet lobs to Giannis. Um, maybe some pick-and-roll action with him and Luka would be fun. I just think he's too good. I, I know he's not as exciting as some of these other players. He's just too good to leave there. So the stage is yours, or the floor is yours. Um, so I'm going to need a little size here. Um, so I will be going with my guy, who I've talked about multiple times on the pod, Bam Adebayo. Great pick. Bam has been a beast this year. So you're starting off your reserves with Damian Lillard and Bam Adebayo, and I started off with Jimmy Butler and Nikola Jokic. Very nice. I'm liking this draft so far. I can't remember exactly what LeBron and Giannis did. That might be good to know. Okay. Giannis, Giannis well, took Middleton, and LeBron took Dame with those those first two picks, our first pick. Yeah, that sucks that Giannis has to take Middleton every year in the All-Star I know, game. It's tough. It just sucks. All right, so I'm going to take with my pick, I'm going to get Jason Tatum out of Boston. I love Tatum. I think this, this progress you're seeing him in scoring this year, just a little more aggression. He's getting to the rim more, shooting a little more free throws. I really like Jason Tatum's future in this league as being p- potentially a 30-point scorer per game, and I just like him for this because I could throw out a lineup with him, Giannis, Pascal, Luca, Jimmy Butler. Let's eat. So, uh Jason Tatum is off the board. Your turn. You know, so I'm thinking, I'm looking at this list and I'm thinking about players that will be good in an all-star game situation. Okay. That has to be Ben There's Simmons. one guy. Right? I mean, uh, okay. I'm thinking yeah. not a lot of defense being played in these games. He can take the ball coast to coast and just dunk any time that he'd like. And he doesn't need to shoot the ball. So yeah. I'm going to take Ben Simmons coming off the bench. Um, be, just because of the structure of the game, because of the structure of the game. Okay, so, okay. Well, I like that pick. I do have a question, kind of making fun of it. Two and a half. 
That's the over-under on the amount of times someone in this game makes fun of Ben Simmons for not being able to shoot a three. Not an announcer, but I'm saying someone guarding him on the court who just like kind of like takes 25 steep back and just laughs. Because LeBron did that last year. I bet you we see that more. So I'm going to set that at two and a half. I would take the over. What would you take? Oh, man, I'd take the over. I'd take the over, yeah, too. they're going to do it. And, and, and as the coach of this team, I hope Ben Simmons passes the damn ball. <laughs> you got LeBron on the team, so he's with his boys. Um, that's a great pick. Um, so now with Ben Simmons off the board, I'm going to take this guy just because he is going to try harder than anyone in this all-star game. It's not even close. Russell Westbrook. I don't love Russ, but I mean, he's going to try harder than everyone. Like it's like if Jimmy Butler played with the attitude he does in real games in the all-star game, then maybe you have a conversation, but Russell Westbrook is going to try as hard as he can. I think it's a good pickup. I I think it's a really good pickup. I'd rather have him on my team than have to play that guy where it's like, dude, we're kind of just like having fun out here and you're tomahawking (laughs) in my face at a hundred miles an hour. So I'll take Russ. Okay. Okay. Um, let's see here. Let's see. I think I'm going to go. You know, I I just I just took a couple big guys, so I think we're going to go small again. Um, and I'm going to pick up uh, my guy from Toronto, Kyle Lowry. Mm, seems Raptors, we're going to talk about that later, but they've been playing quite well this year. I like that pick. All right. Um, <clears throat> let's speed it up now as we get to the bottom of just kind of the crop of people here in this draft. No offense to them. I'm going to take Giannis's teammate, Chris Middleton, because uh, he's pretty, he, he's better than I give him credit for. And um, he's exactly what you want in a player in this league, a 3 and D wing, and I think he can shoot, hit down some threes for us in the All-Star game. Your turn. All right, we're going we're gonna to stay on a player that was drafted by Giannis, first All-Star game. Um, I think that means he's going to try to show out a little bit. Um, and I'm excited to see it. Um, and considering KD can't play in this game, I think that if I kind of squint my eyes a little bit, I'll be able to get that same feeling. Um, so I'm going to take Brandon Ingram. I'm going to see a little KD. I'm going to see a little see a little back to the basket, turn like around, maybe a couple jump shots from the free throw line. I'll take it. I, I like it. Couldn't agree more. Um, I'm going to go with, Donovan Mitchell as my next pick because I hate Chris Paul. Yeah, that's why I would not take him. Keeping it keeping so it very prob- simple. Oh wait, see you have the last pick this time, so yeah, it. I know, I know. Um. Okay. Also, why is Donovan Mitchell talking trash to the Trailblazers? Why? Okay, here's another thing. I mean, this is this is just a general statement. Donovan Mitchell is so this annoying. Is just a general I know statement. I just picked him. And sorry, Stephen Facer, who's listening, who's a big Donovan Mitchell guy. I just he just kind of annoys me. This is a this is a very general statement. And I like the Utah Jazz, okay? Why would any player in the NBA, in the National Basketball Association, ever talk trash to Damian Lillard? It's been proven that that does not work at all under any circumstances. I I just think that somebody in the NBA that they're missing this and me as a fan have, have we've picked it up. You just don't talk trash to him. I just don't get it. I don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, I think there's a, only, only a very few people in the NBA could maybe get away from a beef with Darren, Damian Lillard. And Donovan Mitchell is certainly not one of them. Certainly. Um, so on the board right now, you have two picks left. 
right? And I have one pick, yeah. So you have the choice right now between Rudy Gobert, Chris Paul, and DeMontis Sabonis. Um, you know, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you take, take the guy who um, also got trashed on by Damian Lillard. Um, so I will take Zabonis. Okay, I'll take Gobert, and he probably won't get off the bench because he shouldn't be an all-star because he's a guy who wins Defensive Player of the Year awards. And then, But really, if you wanted to be the best at the end of the game, you should probably sub him out because he can't guard point guards in the modern NBA, which is literally my biggest pet peeve of any of award is how Rudy Gobert could get Defensive Player of the Year when at the if you're in a playoff game, which they've seen it when they played the Rockets in the past couple of years, he get, you literally can't have him in at the end of the game. How could that be Defensive Player of the Year? I just... Yeah, so I'll take Gobert, you get Paul. I'll um, take it. You know what? Now that yeah. he's on my team, I don't feel so bad about it. Yeah, oh, that's disgusting. Clearly clearly our um, emotions are taking taking over because Chris Paul should not have gone last, but who cares? Yeah, so let's recap really quick. I'll say my team, you go with yours. I have Giannis, Luca, Pascal, Kemba, and Trey starting. Trey will not be playing that much. Um, and then I got Jimmy Butler, Jokic, Chris Middleton, Jason Tatum, Russell Westbrook, and Rudy Gobert. What do you got? So I've got LeBron, Kawhi, AD, James Harden, and Bede coming off the bench. Dame, Bam, Ben, Kyle Lowry, Ingram, Chris Paul, and Zabonis. Um, I think we're going to take the W. Um, I think people should tweet. I think I people see- should tweet at the Pineapple Couch saying who they think would win in this game. You know, so I'm, I'm one step ahead of you. We're going to get an Instagram graphic of this up before the All-Star Beautiful. game, and we'll let people make their Beautiful. decisions. Because I think, I'm not going to lie, you got the best of me in the starting lineup, but I did escape with the two guys I want the most, with Luka and Giannis. But I think my, see, like, as I make subs throughout the game and get Trey Young the fuck out of the starting lineup and some <laughs> probably with Kemba, I think it would be a pretty good game. We could maybe, <laughs> you have, what, do you have PS4? We could do, like, a little 2K matchup of these two. Oh, we maybe. could definitely do that. We fun. could definitely do that. Man, maybe start a Pineapple Couch Twitch account. Who knows? Um, all right, let's move into the real NBA now that we're done talking about uh, the All-Star game. Uh, and the tr- trade deadline obviously just passed, so let's just start going through some of the biggest ones. Um, the biggest trade, I would say, probably, yeah, would be uh, the Andrew Wiggins-D'Angelo Russell trade. Um, so let me, let's me let get the full, uh, what that exact trade was. So Golden State has agreed to trade D'Angelo Russell to Minnesota for a deal that includes Andrew Wiggins, a 2021 protected first-round pick, and a 2022 second-round pick. Warriors will send Jacob Evans and Omari Spellman to the Timberwolves as well. That's from Woj. What was your initial reaction to this trade, Alex? So my initial reaction was not happy. And and not that I don't like Andrew Wiggins. Like I, I honestly have never really been an anti Andrew Wiggins guy. Um I've always liked his game. Um as uh when he was five, five coaches in six years. Yeah, that's tough, man. And 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 not great systems, not great organizations. Let's let's even call it I'm not even gonna blame it on the system. I'm gonna blame it on the organization. Um but I just don't really understand why we couldn't have waited until the off season. It just felt like that market was just still gonna be there. Nobody else was gonna be taking Andrew Wiggins at that time. Um I just felt like that trade wasn't gonna go anywhere, and I think we would have got a little bit better of a sense of what Curry and and Dila looked like together. I mean, I think 
the stat is that there was, you know, we had 78 minutes total of them on the same court together. Um, Mm -hmm. Which is not enough. Yeah, which is not enough. But it seems like per, you know, Marcus Thompson and a lot of guys who are writing about it in the Bay Area, it just also, which is this part of it I didn't really understand, but it just seems like he never really clicked with the organization. With with Kerr and with the guys and that part of it, I still don't really know an, enough about because I don't think I mean obviously neither of us are intimately close with those players, but it I, I think yeah, that's the storyline falling out. <laughs> that's the storyline that surprised me the most. <laughs> it was that wow the Warriors really just didn't really want him there, um, and yeah. if you're gonna make the trade, I guess at the end of the year, why not just do it now and give yourself three more months with Andrew Wiggins in the system before Curry even gets back. And once I started looking at it in that light, um, I'm okay with it. Did I even think that we were going to win a championship with D'Lo playing a two, forcing Clay to play a three? No. Um, so really, really, I'm, I'm kind of buying more into it, but I, I guess I'll, I'll send it back to you. I mean, that's kind of my general feelings on it, I guess. Yeah, so I like a lot of what you said there, but I'm going to kind of play devil's advocate because I – at first, when you just see Andrew Wiggins, you're kind of like, uh, like the, I mean, like the connotation of Andrew Wiggins that he's earned so, thus far in the NBA has not been good. But I've I've really convinced myself into it because, like you like you mentioned, the fit with Curry and Clay, we may not have seen it a lot, but it just makes no sense. It, it to maximize when you got a guy when you got guys like Curry and Clay who have obviously won at such a high level, you got to maximize them and what they can do. And I don't think playing alongside D'Angelo Russell would be doing that. Um, and like I mentioned, Andrew Wiggins has been with five different coaches in the last six years, and no one would call Minnesota a great organization. And he hasn't really played in that great, any sort of offense that required, that allows him to cut, which he's really good at and move off ball. It's mainly a bunch of isolation, which for a young player on a team surrounded by not that very good pieces besides Carl Anthony Towns, it's going to be hard to isolate and be productive. I mean, you saw how hard it was even for KD right before he left OKC when they had no shooters to isolate in that type of offense. Um, so I've really convinced myself on this because also what I think is important is they get that 2021 pick instead of the 2020. And I saw a lot of people saying like, oh my God, the Timberwolves have the third worst record this year. Why wouldn't you want the 2020? Well, the 2020 draft is, from what everyone's been saying, is exponentially worse than the 2021 draft, which is supposed to be very good. And so I personally don't really buy Carl Towns and Andrew or uh, Carl Towns and D'Angelo Russell winning a bunch of games in the Western Conference that just that just doesn't compute in my head when you think about all the other teams that are going to be around and with the Warriors coming back and with teams like the Pelicans getting Zion and getting better and same thing with the Grizzlies Carl Anthony Towns will may be a great player I don't think him and D'Lo are enough really to get you I don't like maybe an eighth seed but I don't think they're going to be doing anything crazy. Um, but I guess time will tell with that. And with Andrew Wiggins, I think when you look at him, I'm, see, I'm trying to be very positive about this, obviously, because there are ways you can look at it negatively. He has the same exact type of contract as D'Angelo Russell, and he does whether or not you would say, like people, majority would say Andrew uh, D'Angelo Russell is better than Andrew Wiggins, but Andrew Wiggins fits alongside Curry and Clay theoretically a lot better because what all they're going to ask him to do is to cut off ball, which he is good at to shoot open threes, which he hasn't been good at, but I can guarantee you his threes in Golden State are going to be a lot more open than they were in Minnesota, and to play defense. And with defense, that's usually an effort thing with a guy like an athlete like Andrew Wiggins. And a lot of jokes are being made about Draymond Green 
kind of being like Jimmy Butler in Minnesota. The difference here than that is Jimmy Butler came into Minnesota where even though Andrew Wiggins was a young player, that culture was already established and Jimmy Butler was kind of like the outsider. Andrew Wiggins is the outsider in this. So everyone else on that Warriors team, even down to the G League proponents, they have that mindset, and so he's going to have to buy in. And with D'Angelo Russell, it didn't seem like he did buy in. His defensive effort was never there. And I think the Warriors assessed the market and just didn't see much for him, and so maybe just moved on. And even though I do agree that probably this deal would be here this summer and it might have made way more sense to wait, I don't think it's a slam dunk trade by any means, but I'm looking at the bright side of it. Let's go into the next thing. Um, The Rockets are going to fully commit to small ball. So they get rid of Capella. He's going to the Hawks. This was a huge trade. Let's actually get the whole thing. So Woj for us has it's a four-team trade. Houston's going to get Robert Covington. Atlanta's going to get Clint Capella and Nene. Minnesota going to get Malik Beasley, a nice player from Denver, a good off the bench. I think that's a good pickup, actually. Juancho, Hernan Gomez, Evan Turner, Atlanta's first-round pick. The Nets are going to get oh the Atlanta's first-round pick, which is via the Nets. And then uh, Denver is going to get Gerald Green and a Houston first-round pick. So there goes Daryl Morey trading more of his first-round picks. But the main thing you need to take from all that mumbo-jumbo is that the Rob- Robert Covington is leading the T-Wolves and going to the Houston Rockets, and he's starting for them. And then you got Clint Capella leaving the Rockets, going to the Hawks. And so, Alex, I'm gonna let, I've been talking for a while now, so I'm going to let you take the stage here. I personally like this move by the Rockets, and I'm curious to hear what you have to say. How Do you, do you like them buying in all into small ball in a league where Anthony Davis is around and Giannis? What do you think? No. <laughs> plain and simple i don't like it at all I, I think that playing small ball is great to have an as an option and and can be great as your dominant option um but it just seems like it makes no sense when it's your only option um and i think when you watch the rockets play the lakers and i'm sure a lot of people are like well you know the rocket the rockets go into la under this new um there's new strategy, new team, Covington's first game, and look, they, they go into the Lakers stadium, they go into Staples Center, and they beat the Lakers. Yeah, that's going to happen. And honestly, that had far less to do with what the Rockets did and and, and much more to do with what Frank Vogel did yes. do. And basically what, what the Lakers did that game was say, hey, you know, now that they're playing small ball, we got to play this big man's game, we got to feed AD, we got to get everybody in the paint, when really... They didn't have to change anything. If they had played their exact same game, um, to get the offensive rebounds when they when they could, you know, leave everything else just to play as it would have gone, I think they would still just crush the Rockets. And and when you look at the Rockets, yeah, they're going to beat a lot of teams because they have James Harden, they have Russell Westbrook, they have Eric Gordon, like they they have a lot of good players on the team. Um, and with Covington on the team, yeah, they're going to get wins leading into the playoffs here. But um, I would not bet on them to win a seven-game series because they are just going to get crushed on the boards. Um, and, you know, when you look at teams like the Clippers, you know, I remember on one of our very first podcasts, one of the things that we were talking about was our, our worry and like, well, do the Clippers really have enough size? But now what you look at what Houston's doing, it's like, man, the Clippers look huge. That's the first part, especially yeah. with Marcus Morris very now on true. the team. Second of all, clearly Daryl Morey, um, is going all in. I think that I would not be surprised if he's at the end of his yeah, rope. And if they, if if they make the Western Conference Finals this year, um, or the or the finals this year, 
maybe he sticks around. But but I really do think that if they don't make either of those teams or either of those um, series based on the way that he has maneuvered the team and also I think still because of his comments on China and how that impacted both the NBA and the Rockets organization, um, I would not be surprised. That's why they want to get Yeah, I would not be surprised if this is Daryl Morey's last year at all. That would not surprise me. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So here's my thing. Here's why I don't hate it because, and I kind of like it, is because I, you know this. I didn't think there was a chance in hell with how the Rockets had their team with Clint Capella, even though I don't think that Clint Capella's bad or anything. I just didn't get the, the Rockets a chance in hell against the Lakers or Clippers. And I'm not saying that I do now. But if there's any player in the league that is not like a LeBron or a Ben Simmons who's like a point that who can play point guard but is like six ten, if there's any player in the league who could play that small ball five like that way, it could be Russell Westbrook. I know they're starting PJ Tucker at the five, but what Russell Westbrook can do, he is kind of an interesting small ball five with him crashing and surrounded by shooters, and you have that dynamic with him and James Harden where probably not going to work in the playoffs but they can score maybe 80 points combined tonight those two guys could do it and what we've seen with both of them that it doesn't work in the playoffs so that's why I don't hate this is because we've seen what that Rockets team can do with a better player than Russell Westbrook and Chris Paul and so I don't didn't think they had any chance and so I'm kind of down for them to do something funky and weird and just be like fuck it let's see if this works and let's just go all in on these two guys who are high usage and we'll surround them with guys who can shoot and like I said, I, I, I don't think that this means they're going to win at all. But I do think in a weird way it maybe raises their chance by like a percent because it's just kind of weird. And you might as well go all in on those players because Capella, even though, yeah, you're losing size with him, he got burned so much on defense when you'd switch point guards onto him. And that's like the same thing we're talking about, Rudy Gobert. But I totally understand every single point you're making, and I agree because I do not think they're going to go far in the playoffs. But maybe – just maybe shaking up this way might help. Let's go into the next trade. Um, and this is, I think, the, yeah, this is the last trade we're really going to talk about. Or, or two. We have two more. Um, the Heat. So the Heat add um, Andre Iguodala, Jay Crowder, and Solomon Hill. And Miami and then the uh, Memphis Grizzlies are going to get Justice Winslow and Deion Waiters and James Johnson. Deion Waiters, who they immediately waived. I love this trade kind of for both teams in a weird way. And I'm going to explain why and let you go because we we're not going to spend as much time on this one. But Andre Iguodala, Jay Crowder, two perfect players for the Miami Heat. I can't believe they've never played there before. Jay Crowder, literally, I was watching him play the Blazers last night where he had like 17 points. He has been – he. I don't know how he hasn't played in Miami. He just seems like a total Pat Riley guy. Same thing with Iguodala. And then for uh, Memphis – you get rid of the Iguodala question you're always getting asked in games after the locker room, which Igwood, like it's just a stupid question because Iguodala and the Grizzlies front office mutually agreed that he wasn't going to show up. So players taking shots at him in the media, it's more like they're annoyed of getting these questions about it. So um, I'm glad that's done with. And then Justice Winslow, he's injury prone, but he fits up more age-wise with that young core they're building in Memphis. So I, I like that. So I just think it's kind of a win-win for both deals. You see uh, the Heat re-sign Iggy for two years, $30 million, Because with this deal, the Heat did get off of a lot of cap space, which was huge for them. So I'm curious to hear what you have to say. But I think it'll probably be I, I, Yeah, I think you're right. I think both teams really won here. I mean, I think that Pat Rowley and the Heat are really saying, hey, this is our year. Uh, maybe we didn't know it was our year going into the season initially. 
Um, but it is our year. Um, you know, obviously the Memphis are maybe a couple years away, partially because of the team, but also partially because the West is so good um, to really make a push in the playoffs. But I think having that veteran presence of Iguodala in the locker room as you head into the playoffs is going to be um, instrumental. And I'm, I'm pretty excited to see both of those teams. Yeah, I mean, and what we've learned in the last couple of playoffs is just like three and D wings are so valuable. And Crowder and Iguodala, I mean, I'm not saying they're the top elite, elite three and D wings. I mean, maybe Iguodala certainly was a couple years ago. We'll see if he still is now. But those two guys are, you wouldn't not want them on your team by any means. Let's get into, um, well, we actually already mentioned this, so we can just brush over it. The Clippers get Marcus Morris. I have this trade pulled up right here. So you got the Clippers, Knicks, Wizards, three-way trade. So Jerome Robinson, the Clippers' number 14 pick in the draft last year, is going to the Wizards along with Mo Harkless in a first-round pick. He's going to go to the Knicks, whereas and then the Knicks are sending Marcus Morris to the Clippers. Isaiah Thomas was also included in the steal, but the Clippers waived him. I just think this is another win for the Clippers, and it start. I'm starting to really. I was leaning Clippers over Lakers to win the title, and this just really helped because this is just another guy who we we were talking about dogs. Marcus Morris is a dog, and they have like five dogs on the Clippers who are gonna talk shit to you, play defense, work your, work their ass off, and in the playoffs that is so important, especially when you're going against a Laker team. Where who are the dogs on that team? LeBron. I mean, yeah, that's it. Because I don't think Anthony Davis is a dog. So I think that the Clippers, that was huge. I don't, it's just so big for the Clippers, not only that they got him, but that the Lakers also didn't get Marcus Morris. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, it just is another guy to throw at LeBron in the playoffs. Um, and at the end of the huge. day, coming out of the West, that's what you want. And going into if, – if the Clippers do make it into the NBA Finals, it's another guy you throw at Giannis. Um, and he doesn't have to do a lot great, offensively. Great um, they're not going to ask him to do a lot offensively. But it does seem like he fits in the culture of the team. Um, I think he's going to be fun to watch come playoff time. Um, I'm really looking forward to I that. Um, and especially, man, Lakers tough, man. Especially with Darren Collison now out. Um I just I am very curious to see what they're going to end up doing, and if if the answer to all of these problems is to sign J.R. Smith, then uh, yeah, I would or like buy out Reggie Jackson. Yeah, yeah, put your money on the Clippers. <laughs> yeah, um, I think I think the Clippers do have the advantage, but with that being said, I still think the we're in for one hell of a Western Conference Finals this year between these two teams. And then in the years to come, hopefully with the Warriors restocking and Curry and Thompson back. Um, you mentioned the Bucks, whether or not like getting another guy to throw at Giannis. The Bucks right now, they look in unstoppable. They are just a well-oiled machine. Their offensive and defensive numbers are they're not on pace to go seventy-three and nine like that Warriors team, but their offensive and defensive numbers and their plus-minus stuff is better than that Warriors team that went seventy-three and nine. Giannis is the best player in basketball right now in the regular season, I would say easily. I think that changes when you go into the playoffs, but Chris Middleton, he had a 51 point game recently. They're just kind of firing all cylinders, firing on all cylinders. They move the ball. Well, it, Giannis is only having to play like 30, 31 minutes a game. It's crazy. Um, do you, 
Do you think anyone is going to really put up a fight against this uh, Bucks team in the playoffs? No, they look so good. They look so good. It's just so funny when you think about some of these teams and you think about um, the ability for teams to match up in the playoffs. Like, I mean, even when we joke about whether the Clippers or Lakers, like, even if the Clippers and Lakers meet each other in the playoffs, it's not going to be a blowout either way. But when you when you take this Bucks team, mm-hmm. would I be surprised in Game Two of the playoffs they go into Boston and beat the Celtics by thirty? No, not really. And and this is the weirdest thing, and why I, I still think this uh, Heat are going to be really successful. And it's not that I think that the Heat are the second best team necessarily. I think that it may be the Raptors and it may be the Celtics. But I think mm-hmm. that the Heat match up really well with the Heat, with uh, with the Bucks. They're long, strong. They have shooting as well. And and I think that's going to be a really interesting playoff series if we do get to see it. Yeah, um, to quickly bounce off that point, the Heat have been um, – I, I like uh, – you mentioned um, how adding Marcus Morris would help them have another guy to throw at Giannis. But, I mean, they did just add two guys with uh, Iguodala and um, – uh, what's the other – oh, uh, Drake, Jay Crowder that you can throw at Giannis. So that is one very valuable. Um, I think that – they have a great coach in Eric Spolstra. And what's really funny about all this is how uh, the 76ers have fallen to the sixth spot in the East, and no one is really thinking about them. We're going to save some 76ers talk for next time we chat because we always do the uh, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid back and forth. So the next thing we're going to talk about is just we're going to finish out kind of our Eastern Conference talk is just the streaking Raptors. The Raptors have won 14 games in a row, most in franchise history, and they're really playing with the intensity that you would see from a finals champion team. They're the defending champions. They may not have their former best player in Kawhi Leonard, but with the leaps that Pascal Siakam has continued to make, Kyle Lowry still playing well into his veteran years, and guys like Serge Ibaka hitting big-time shots down the stretch. You got OG Ananubi, who is a great young player. Fred Van Fleet, obviously, they might have to pay this offseason. But the Raptors have been they've been a hell of a team so far. So I'm really um the Eastern Conference playoffs, it could be a lot of smoke because the Bucks could end up just shitting on everyone. But what has been good to see is the last couple weeks, because I have been because I just got that surgery, so I've just been sitting on the couch, I've just been watching all this basketball. The Celtics, the Heat, and the Raptors, they I don't think I don't necessarily think they can beat the Bucks, but they might, they're going to give us some good games, especially a team like with the Heat because they have that shooting. All right, let's go into Zion Williamson before we get into our TV movie character draft. Zion Williamson, we have not talked on a podcast since he has entered the league. Give me your thoughts on Zion, Alex. How much do you love him? So much. He. Like I don't know what that what the arc of his career is going to be, um, but as it stands, he is just so fun, and it is so awesome when you see guys in small markets being great and and drawing crowds. You know, it is it it happened when it happens with Giannis in Milwaukee. It happened with LeBron in Cleveland, um, and it's happening with. Both Luca in Dallas and now Zion in New Orleans John, and John, John Morant. Morant. I mean, it's awesome when the league has players like this. Just you know, as a more general statement, great. Um, but for it to be Zion, I mean, I mean, is is any of this really surprising? No, but it's just cool to see it solidified. 
um, and be able to watch him. And just on that first night, watching him hit those, you know, four threes was just awesome. I mean, it was, I was, was absolutely awesome. floored standing up in my living room, cheering him on. Um, so I, I'm just so excited. And, and, and it's funny cause you heard a lot of people talk all this trash, you know, why do the Pelicans have so many primetime games? Why do we got to watch the Pelicans? And I want to watch the Pelicans more than anybody else right now. Um, it sucks that we didn't get those yep. first couple games, uh, but it's just been so cool to see it since. Yeah, the thing with Zion that stood out to me, and I was pretty sure of this. I mean, we couldn't be 100% sure because we never really saw him at that NBA level. But it was just the only way that this dude's not going to be just a straight-up killer is if he is his career is barred by injury or something like that. So let's pray that that doesn't happen because the dude has been a monster. I saw a stat, and I'm pretty sure you probably saw this too, where it was like when Zion Williamson takes a shot, there's an 81% chance that it either goes in or is rebounded by Zion Williamson. I don't know if I've ever seen a player in the NBA that can that has a faster like second jump after they land on the ground he is up like a pogo stick just instantly. And so, and I think what New Orleans did really smart is they cashed in on Anthony Davis, obviously. They've surrounded him with a nice young team with some young pieces, and they'll continue to build around him, hopefully, and not rush too much because that's where these teams end up getting into a lot of problems is when they just try to rush this process so fast and want to get like Zion a veteran. So it's like, oh, we need to win the championship. You don't need to win it in one year. And I, so I hope, I mean, the Pelicans have a great GM and David Griffin. So I think what they're building is going to be something special. I, I agree. I um, agree. It's, it's just, it's great to watch. I still think that John Morant's going to be rookie of the year um, just because he's played the full season. Yeah. Um, but either way, it's, it's awesome watching Zion. Can't wait to watch more of it. Couldn't agree more. All right, let's get into our final segment of the show. Before we like do it, we're going to have to kind of like, talk it out but what we're going to do is we're going to do a tv movie character draft and so the we're going to do we're going to take turns and we're going to each we're going to each select 10 people from tvs and movies to join our crew wait are we is it nine others am i included in the crew no no 10 others you got 11 people in your crew i got that's a Um, big crew and so basically what what you're doing with this crew is it's like who do you want to be friends with so, like, these people would theoretically, these characters would be your friends. So, in any given situation, they are there. So, like, if you're challenged to a five-on-five basketball game, it's like, who could you pick from your crew? That might not necessarily be the most important thing. But it's like, hey, maybe if you started a podcast network, these people would be good to have. Or what if you were at somewhere and someone jumped you? Wouldn't it be great to have these people in your crew? Those types of questions. Alex, how do you feel about this? What are you thinking when it comes to, the like, Talk to the people. Talk about your thought process when you're thinking about this. You know, I think that my group needs to have a lot of variety, you know? Um, I, I think mm-hmm. that when, when I look at the people that I want to hang out with, I, I want them to – I don't want to be limited in any situation. You know, I, any any problem that comes to comes to my crew, um, I, wanna, I want us to be able to tackle. Um, I think that's very important. So, so really what, what I'm going to be doing, my mentality going to this is one, who do I want to be friends with? You know, that's critical. And, and two, what kind of skills are they bringing to the table? And maybe that skill is that they're just a really nice person. I don't know. Um, but, but my, my, my group is going to be great, supportive. I, I, I can't wait. 
All right. Um, you, I'll let you lead it off. You lead it off with your first pick of the member of your crew. Okay. First pick. Oh, wait. Let me say really quickly what is going to be fascinating about this. Neither of us know a single character that the other is thinking. And what is going to be really funny is you're going to be able to tell what type of pop culture we have consumed and what type of movies we watch and who is obviously more mature than the other. I'm not going to say who, but just probably by reading, by getting these lists, you'll probably pick up on that. But Alex, sorry, take it away with the first pick of your TV movie character crew here. All right, on you did not Couch. see this one coming. And, and, and first of all, I'm opening this up because I don't know if this if this is a legal pick um, because it's not necessarily one, it, it comes in a pair. Um, and so for, for the first overall pick in the 2020 fantasy character draft, I am taking the fairly odd parents. Is that legal? That, that is legal. That is crazy. You got to take one of them, though. So I had Cosmo written down as a, like he wasn't going to end up being selected. That is crazy that we both thought of them. But I did have Cosmo written down. I didn't. I didn't have putting him in the top ten. All right. Okay. But you have to choose between Cosmo and I Wanda. Will Wanda. I will take Wanda. That is totally legal. Wanda. I will take Wanda. Um, I think that okay. Cosmo is great too. But but I think Wanda has got a great head on her shoulders and will definitely guide me and not let me get too crazy um, in, in the things that I'm asking for, for, from my, uh, from, from not my fairly odd parents, from my fairly odd crew members, crew member, crew member. I like that strong first pick. I think I'm about to really win the draft here with this pick because I'm going to pick the coolest person of all time. With the first pick of my team for my crew, the second pick in the movie TV character draft, Drake Parker <laughs> from Drake and Josh. Welcome to the fucking crew. You cannot name a cooler person all time. Like, literally, think about it. There's no one cooler than Drake Parker. He was the fucking man. The way he would mix his sodas, the way he did the Blues Brothers, the way he plays the guitar, Hollywood Girl, Found a Way, some of the best songs of our generation. Drake Parker, welcome to the fucking crew. How do you feel about that? I, I feel really good about that. I also just want to give a quick shout out to Drake Bell. Um, he will be performing in my hometown, tiny town, Drake Bell. Not really Ooh. sure why he's going to be going there, uh, but am I going to go? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go. Are you kidding me? Damn right. I Actually, go. that's funny right, you bring the, that up. The... I saw a video of him three days ago, maybe. He actually plays the theme song at his show. Did you know this? I saw that video too. Man, he just fucking bangs that thing out. It's so good. Oh, it's just just shocking. What an, art, what an artist. Okay. So for my second overall pick, uh, this one's a little interesting. This one, you know, honestly, it's going to be a wild card because I don't know how it will play out in real life situations. Like if we walk into a bar, I don't know if this is going to work. Basically any social situation, I don't really think it's going to work. But for some reason, I need him in my crew. In case there's ever a mystery. And that is Rustin Cole, HBO's True Detective Season 1, Matthew McConaughey. Oh. Just because if, if if we're ever in a situation where there is a <laughs> problem ever... that needs a solution, I'm telling you, this guy will say things that we won't even know what it means. But it's going to be great. And we're going to get a lot of but... questions from other people saying, yo, who is that guy over in the corner? And we say, oh, he's with us. That's our guy. He's in our crew. Yeah. 
and to add on to why that is such a great pick to you, <clears throat> if we, if anyone, if you were ever looking to smoke a pack of cigarettes and drink six Budweisers at 9 a.m., <laughs> that's the guy in your crew who is ready to do that. Uh, that is a, a great pick. Great pick. That thing, like, that, the first season of True Detective is maybe the best season of television I've ever seen. I agree. I agree. It's so good. Wholeheartedly, I agree. All right. So I'm, um, I love that pick. I'm going to follow up my pick here. My second pick on my team is, while I, I'm, we're, we're, what you're going to notice with my team is we're kind of a crazy group that I'm going to assemble. So I do need some sort of authority, and I know that is not me by any means. So who I'm going to select from a great show, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Captain Raymond Holt. <laughs> Fucking love that guy. He is so funny. And if we get in a lot of trouble, he will get us out of it because he's a smart man. And I love that sort of quiet humor he has. It's a great show. He's probably my favorite character on it. Raymond Holt, welcome to the squad. Wow, that's a really good pick. That's a great pickup. Okay. I got another guy coming in, a funny guy, but but very deep on a lot of emotional levels, okay? He's also a doctor, which adds another variety Ooh. to the crew. Um, that's going to be John Michael Dorian, JD, from Scrubs. Um, he, he's the man. He's always been the man. And I went between him and Turk from Scrubs. I've been battling with this in my mind for, for a long time, but, uh, but I'm going to take JD. All right, I like the pick. I like the pick. I'm going to follow you up. My third pick. Yeah, this is just tough because there are so many great characters. But my third pick. You know what you really need in a group when it, at the end of the day, you want to know that there's going to be that one guy who has your back, who is your guy, who no matter what happens at the end of the day, this dude is going to be there for you. And so I'm going to pick this person because I think he is the. I can't say he's the best example because I haven't seen every television show, but of what I have consumed, the best example of the man you are supposed to be. And that would be Marshall Erickson from How I Met Your Mother. Wow. Not where I thought you were going with that lead-in. I was on a... <laughs> I think I know where you think I was going, but I'll probably add him later. <laughs> but he's more of a wild card, this guy. Marshall Erickson, he's got your back. He's got your back. Um, Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not going to say who I thought it was just in case this guy is also on your list. Because I'm going to pick Be that Because I think I... I would assume he's already on your list. He is on my list. I, I know, I know okay. who you're talking okay. about. Um, so, I will be taking just another another great person. I mean, this person, if you ever met them, would be picking you up, giving you a ride wherever you need to go. They always have great music playing. They got great music taste. Um, they're smaller than some of their peers. So they kind of get that underdog mentality. And if we ever play in a basketball situation, he will be playing my five. And that is Bumblebee from Transformers. Wow. Oh, those movies really connected with you. It's yeah. good to know. Um, all right. You, you know, see, we're learning things on the pineapple couch, folks. I think that's a good pick. Cause like, I mean, obviously it could fuck a bunch of people up if you got into a fight. And so speaking of that, that's comes my next pick, my fourth selection. Cause this guy, not only could you go out and have a goddamn great time with him, could you solve modern world problems with him, but he could also protect you. I'm going to select Tony Stark, Iron Man to my team because I think he's the man and I would. I mean, you can't be. I have Iron Man. Iron Man is in my crew. 
There we yeah, go. That's 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 fair. I mean, plus you get to- I mean you get Iron Man, but you get Tony Stark, which is like that's pretty good. Yeah, you get the billionaire yeah. playboy. It's like you know, sweet. this is gonna be this is gonna be a simple a simple pick, um, just because I think that it would be important to to have this person around this animal. I guess I'm realizing that I don't have a lot of humans in my crew, but that's okay. That's fine. That's okay. It's okay. So I'm gonna take I'm taking Ghost. I think that that having ghost. ghost, I walk up anywhere. I got Ghost by my side. Ghost from Game ghost, of Thrones. Ghost from Game of Thrones. Um, you know, you come to my house. He's sleeping on my bed. He's like hanging around. He's gonna protect I, he's just, you. He's the boy. Uh, and we're, imagine me. I'm I'm at you know Chrissy Field in San Francisco with one of those tennis ball throwing machines. But I'm but I'm throwing a ball for Ghost. Uh, you know that that's the life I want to live. That'd and, be great. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm taking Ghost. Ghost, great pick. I'm going to follow you with an animal. My fifth pick. See, my animal, like yours, is very uh, very loving and will protect you. Mine is loving, but in no, by no means could protect me. He's just a jokester who I want around. From the Lion King, Pumbaa. Pumbaa, welcome to my crew. Just fucking love that fat little, what, what, he's a, a warthog? He's yeah, a warthog. That fat little yeah. hog. I love Pumbaa. Pumbaa's on my team. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um. Oh man. Oh man. We're this okay? What do I need in my crew? I I've done five picks, so I have five okay. picks now. Okay. Um. So this is my sixth pick. I went first. I wow. Yeah. yeah, you went first. This okay. will be your sixth pick. So to be clear, I have me, Wanda, Bumblebee. Ghost, who is the other one? Oh, guy and from JD from Scrubs. Guy from Scrubs. Okay, that's a pretty good squad. squad. That's a pretty good squad. Um, I think that with this next pick, you know, this is a basketball podcast, so it just seems that it would only be appropriate if I had at least one true basketball player on my team. Um, so I will be taking Bugs Bunny, uh, straight out of Space Jam. To, to enter the to enter the crew. Good pick, good pick. Uh, I, that is, I I overlooked that, but uh, that's a very good pick. I'm kind of hitting myself for doing that. Um, all right, so I'm going to uh, I'm going to add a female to my crew, and that female I will be selecting is from arguably the greatest cartoon in the history of cartoons. Her name is Katara from the Southern Water oh Tribe. Oh my! In Avatar: The Last Airbender. Katara, I was in love with her my entire childhood. She will be a part of my crew. I don't know if you saw that, but I had to remove my headphones. That hurt me so deeply. Yeah. Katara is mine. Suck it. I think this is such a double Welcome. kick in the stomach because one, I would have I would love to have taken Katara. Two, is now it feels like the whole last airbender is off the table because you've already taken that in your squad. And uh I'm not gonna mess that up. Yeah. Just a gem by me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. All right, Alex. Stage is yours after just that like momentum crushing pick by I me. I mean, I just I I think to bounce back, he <laughs> just so difficult. Um. <laughs> okay. So this will be your seventh member to your team. Okay, seventh member of my team. Okay. All right. 
Look, I'm gonna go classic here. I, I I'm going classic. I'm going strong. This will this will buy me into at least the next round for sure. But this person, you know, I'm, I'm I feel like I'm leading them up in a negative light. They're not a negative light. They have one of the best cribs ever. So when when the crew wants to go to their crib, ooh, we we got a great place to hang out. Okay, and that's Sandy Cheeks. Okay, Sandy Cheeks. That 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 woman. Wow, that is a great pick. Unreal place to hang out if you think about it. I mean, it. it's incredible. We're 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 underwater. Like, we the, the fish are all around us. We're chilling. We're in Bikini Bottom on the outskirts, the suburbs really of cool. Bikini Bottom. Do you think they've invented that? Do you think that exists? Like in like, think about it. If you went like, not like a mile offshore, but like like a half mile, three quarters of a mile offshore. Do you think you could do? I think you could do that. I think that. you could definitely do that. Right? I think you definitely do that. That probably exists. I'm gonna look that up after this. The def that definitely exists. Like we can, if we can send people to fucking space. We can build a sandy cheeks dome. Yeah, that's a great pick though. Um, all right, this is getting tough. So I'm going my seventh pick now. Oh, I gotta take. I know what I'm gonna do. All right, I'm going to take a character who this is maybe the my favorite show of all time. You're thinking it's that guy. It's not. It's going to be Randy Marsh from South Park. One, because he's just fucking hilarious. And that voice, the way Randy talks, I just... that The only negative of him being on my crew is that around Randy, I would always talk like Randy. But he's just an intoxicating man. I love him. Randy Marsh, one of the funniest characters ever. I couldn't not take him. So Randy Marsh, welcome to my squad. All right, that's that's good. That's really good. Um, I'm going to be totally going at a different angle here. Um... This is a person who, all around, great person. And now I'm realizing my team is really set up to to go into battle. I didn't realize that I was putting this together, but but my you're an aggressive crew, person. That's what you're realizing. Yeah, I think when people meet me, they're like, "Wow, Alex, you're so aggressive." Jeez, take it easy, man. Um, I will be taking Katniss Everdeen from the Hunger Games series. Oh yeah. wow, wow. Yeah, yeah. That is a fire pick. That is fire. Wow. See, what's happening now is I'm getting down to my last three picks, and I'm sure this is going the same thing with going through your mind, is there's just so many good characters that I'm thinking of that it's just like, how am I going to limit this to three people? And it's going to be tough. But I know one character. I, I, I See, I have two that I know I have to put in, and I have that one spot. So I'll start with one of the two that I know have to be in. You predicted it if you've looked at the cover out of this fucking podcast. Is Jon Snow. I mean, Game of Thrones, like I just said, South Park might be like my favorite, but like Game of Thrones was like the greatest TV I've ever seen. Jon Snow is my favorite character in that show. I think he is, like I said about Marshall Erickson, a very, uh, a, a good man and someone we should look up to. So Jon Snow, welcome to the squad. He's also beautiful. So me, him, and Drake uh, Parker are just going to be just killing it. It's just going to be ridiculous. And then we'll have Pumbaa with us. It'll be fucking awesome. All right. You're, the, the floor is yours, Alex. All right. Look, this is this going to be a pick? I it was not on your list. I, I could tell you that. But in terms of people you want to be friends with, what's that supposed to mean? He's not going to be on your list. I know it. <laughs> but in terms of people you want to be friends with, once I once this comes out of my mouth, you're going to say, "Damn, now that's someone I would love to be friends with." And that man is Jim Halpert. He is on my team for Great so pick. many reasons. A class act guy. Yeah, he has a couple of problems, especially towards the end there. He could have been a little nicer to Pam. Oh, I, I see. I see. We we could talk about this on a pod about. 
I am Jim. I mean, well, the, I love Jim. I see no faults, but I, I don't want to get in trouble. So it's just you. Just keep going. Uh, it would be a great small forward. <laughs> really would. He's got game. So that's a great pick. So that is your ninth pick, correct? So you got one more. Yep. All right. So with my ninth pick. You just mentioned Jim, how he could play basketball. And well, I'm going to pick a better basketball player than anyone you've mentioned who's going to be a part of my crew. And he's also going to join me, Jon Snow, Tony Stark, Drake Parker, and Pumbaa when we go out in the town. Troy Bolton of High School Musical, starting point guard for the East High Wildcats. What a legend! You know that you're listening to this deep down. We all wanted to be Troy Bolton. Troy, welcome to the crew. You know, I just want to say to this day, and this is this is not this is not me lying. I this is this is on 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 God. I have never seen any of the high school musical movies. Never seen any of them. You you uncultured swine. I know. Swine. I know. It just it hits. feels pretty bad. It feels pretty bad. You know, I think the funny thing about this draft... I mean, the second and third one are... The funny thing about this draft... Pretty, like, oh, there's bad ahead, parts ahead. of that. I mean, like, I was just saying, like, High School Musical is not... I mean, it's, we're talk, Troy Bolton's just a great highlight from it. I'm, it's not... It doesn't stand up that well. But Troy Bolton does. Fair enough. Carry on. I think the thing that's so tough about this is that for the people listening, they're like, oh, I didn't have anybody of those on my list, and I didn't have anybody on your list, except for the, <laughs> that amazing Fairly Odd Parents connection. I mean, that's just shocking. Yeah. Um, but if I did this whole that's thing again bad tomorrow, bad I'd have a whole new set of 10. Yeah, that's what's great about this. We could just do this segment like every couple weeks. And, like, <laughs> Is this so is this my last pick? This is okay. your last pick. Um, we're going with the powerhouse. Uh, this guy is going to help fund all of our shenanigans. Um, and that's that's Frank Reynolds, man. Always sunny in Philadelphia. Oh wow! And I, just that sh- that show had to be on this, so I'm glad someone you had did to that. do it. I was I I mean D would be great. I think that'd be f- great to have D. Charlie would be great. They'd all be great. But uh, to be able to walk Dennis around with Danny Devito in my squad, I mean that's just that that's pretty incredible. That's a great pick. Um, that's a great pick. So I have a question before I make my last pick because it kind of determines if I can select this. So by TV and movie character, could I make the stretch that a certain pro sports announcer, because he has been on TV our entire lives, is kind of like a character? Okay, so I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to say it depends. It actually depends because there are some okay, so, characters. So I just fired off, and I'll see if you say yes. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Go ahead. I might say no. I'm, I might say no. Yeah, I don't right, think you ahead. will. I don't go think ahead. you will. The tenth. So, see, this might this might really shock some people because people might think I hate this person, but I don't. I just kind of love him. The tenth member of my squad, because I think he is an incredible guy. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I just have this hunch that he's one of the coolest people you could probably hang out with. Has been longtime football and baseball announcer. Joe Buck, welcome to B-Rob's crew. Let's fucking go. Joe Buck, I can tell by your face he's accepted. I didn't even need to wait to get your acceptance. Joe Buck, welcome to the crew. I'm going to run you through my squad right now. I got Drake Parker. I have Captain Raymond Holt. I have Marshall Erickson. I have Iron Man. I have Pumbaa from The Lion King. Katara 
from Avatar The Last Airbender, Randy Marsh from South Park, South Park, Jon Snow, Troy Bolton, and Joe Buck. What do you think? I mean, that's just a really good squad. That's a really good squad. Like, I, you, you know what sounds fun? Putting back beers with Joe Buck and, like, Katara or Pumbaa. It sounds great. Joe Buck could just fit in with everyone. He's a great guy. You know he drinks a beer when he announces baseball games? Really? Yeah, he doesn't do it at football, but he drinks a beer over the course of a baseball game. That, that's that's really – that's actually really – I'm going to be honest. Isn't so what I had in my cool? mind is I thought you were going to say – because the one guy who actually might be a fantasy character who is uh, also an announcer oh. is um, my guy Bill Walton. Sometimes I'm listening to him. I say oh. he's actually living in a fictional universe. But we're somehow watching the same The Conference game. of Champions. Yeah. Um, another honorable mention that I... I probably like this person more than Joe Buck, but I chose Bo- Joe Buck for my crew is Stephen A. I'd love to have Stephen A. He just might be a little much. But I don't know. When Stevie... Stevie A. I mean, he's... He's, no, he's a wild card. You don't know what to expect from that guy. Um, Alex, this has been an absolute treat. Um... Go ahead and recap your team for us yeah. really quick before we close out the show. Okay. So first, we got <laughs> we got Wanda. Okay, we got Wanda. We got Rustin, JD, Bumblebee, Katniss, Danny, uh, my guy Danny DeVito. We got Ghost. We got Bugs Bunny. We got Sandy. And I know that I'm missing someone, but for the life of me, I can't remember. Um, uh, for the life of me, I I really it would probably take me as long as this podcast has already taken to figure out what that was. So in the meantime, um, we'll just leave in, it up to hey, the listeners. In the meantime, I'm the gonna throw in Thomas know. Shelby as the last one. Peaky Blinders. There you go. There's the tenth. All right, there you go. Um, yeah. Uh, honorable mention. I had Kevin from Hot Rod. Just seems like a good guy who you could trust. Um, yeah. And oh, so no, wait, so wait, those, wait. We're gonna probably Jim Halpert. Oh, oh Jim oh. Halpert. How could we ever forget? Oh, Jim Halpert. There we Jim go. Halpert. I, I. How could we? I had Kevin Malone written down as I almost put him in because just just telling him to spill the beans would just be worth it. Just watching him spill that thing of beans, I still chuckle about it to this day. Um, yeah, so we're gonna probably post this to Instagram and um, send in respond to that with who you think should be on the team, or you can send it into BrianRobbins54 at gmail dot com. You can send it to us at Twitter at Rob Stark. What are you at Alexander yes, Cantor? And then on. Instagram again we're at the pineapple couch um thank you so much for listening Alex thanks for coming on this was a blast we'll probably talk to you about a week so that's good thank you all right um yep this has been the pineapple couch uh love you guys and uh yeah that's about it I'm not gonna say bad things at the end of it about LeBron anymore because I'm gonna be a nice guy so love you guys there you go Woo! pineapple couch see ya Thank you.